Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Hey, if you'll take your Bibles this morning, um, I want to... um, uh, continue a series that I've been doing called The Ultimate Human Right. Um, and I'm going to be reading out of uh, John, the 13th chapter, Acts 8 and uh, Acts 9. So this is the fourth part of this particular series. And if you've missed it, any part, I want you, this is a really important series. And I want you to go back. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. It's on our podcast on iTunes. I want you to go back and, and catch, catch this. It's called The Ultimate Human Right. And it is a series about sharing your faith and being comfortable telling others the story of Jesus. Okay? So uh, the ultimate human right. Out of all the rights that we have been endowed by our creator, the ultimate one is to know Jesus and to make him known. The ultimate right that every person, black, white, doesn't matter where you're from, the ultimate human right is that everyone should know that God loves them and that there is a Savior that wants to have a relationship with them. That's the ultimate human right that supersedes all others. John 1, 12. But to all who believe and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So in the past three, or our objectives in this particular series are to remind you of your call as believers to tell others about Jesus, to equip you with practical tools, to make you more confident in sharing your faith, relying on the Holy Spirit for boldness, wisdom, and empower you to live a biblically consistent life, inspire you with creative acts of kindness and servanthood. We'll talk about this morning, uh, prepare you to be a witness in the workplace, the neighborhood, and provide outreach opportunities for you to be more involved in our community. But why is it, you know, that for whatever reason, people aren't comfortable with sharing their faith? If there's a new restaurant, you know, we'll we'll share that quickly. But when it comes to the faith part, we're a little little hesitant sometimes because people they don't know what to say or how would I start you know, the, uh, the, the conversation. I don't know enough about the Bible. What if somebody asks me a question and I don't know the answer? My life is not perfect. So, I mean, who am I to tell someone else, you know, about Jesus? I simply, for whatever reason, I don't have a burden. It's not a passion uh, for me or some that just go, I'm shy and I'm introverted. And that's just, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even tell people about the new restaurant in town. I'm just shy, okay? Just a reminder, back back in the Old Testament, Jerusalem was the center of everything, okay? If you wanted to connect with God, if you wanted to know God, you went to Jerusalem. They had like five feasts a year. It was like a week's vacation, and everybody traveled to Jerusalem if you wanted to connect with God. Uh, Jerusalem was the place of the Temple of Solomon, so that's where you, you know, that's where you went. Uh, that was where you offered your sacrifices. Everything was centered. If you wanted to know God, you went to Jerusalem. So when Jesus 
When Jesus said in Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, that was a radical thought of that particular time because they were very geography-centered. You went to Jerusalem if you wanted to know God. But, but Jesus said something, and it was very counterintuitive to the thinking of the day. Now, instead of coming to Jerusalem, now you go out. I'm sending you out. No longer is there a centralized place that you meet God. Now I'm going to take what God has done in your heart and I'm going to send you out so that you, that you can tell others. Now I'll remind you, he wasn't releasing the network of churches at that particular time to be more evangelical because there was no network of churches at that particular time. This was all being released individually. Instead of coming to Jerusalem, now everybody has the message of the gospel in their heart, and it's our responsibility to do as much as we can to let everyone know about the wonderful love of Jesus. So, you know, we talked about it last week. This church is in a strategic city. We are in the, the, the seat of the state capital and all of its influences. We have three major post-secondary uh, 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 colleges and universities here, okay? So we're, we find ourselves in a city of influence, but let me remind you, we don't want to default to Old Testament thinking where everything that God does has to be done on 3080 West Tennessee Street, okay? We have a role in that. We talked about the partnership last week of the church and, and, and uh, 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 and the individual. So we don't want to default to everything that God does has to be done at the church. God is releasing us. He is empowering us that we can help tell the story of Jesus. And we have people who are, who are employed in all kinds of different capacities. We have people that work in all levels of state government. We have people who are employed by FSU, FAMU, and TCC. We have people in retail. We have people in service. We have people in sales. We are well positioned to touch our, to touch our city, not just here on a Sunday, but throughout the week. We have people who are connected to their community and their neighbors and their schools and their hobbies and, and their personal relationships. Relationships. So I'm just saying to you and reminding you this morning that everyone, we have a, a responsibility in our area that when we have that opportunity to tell others about our faith in Jesus. In previous weeks in this message, we've talked about the importance of just being a friend, praying for your friends, families, and coworkers viewing your workplace or your school as your mission field, relying on the Holy Spirit for boldness, wisdom, and to empower you to be a witness, to live a biblically consistent life, realize the importance of inviting people to church and to special events. If you missed last Sunday, Whit Sasser just told about a life-changing invitation that he got to go to church. Changed the course of his life just through a simple invitation to church. And then also we talked about sharing your faith through trials, suffering, and persecution. All right? Like when, when we go through difficult times, people are watching us. And it's in those moments that may give us a greater credibility to share about our faith. So that's some of the things that we have talked about. So let's, let's look at this morning. So... When we talk about the Last Supper and communion, we immediately go to the last night of Jesus' public meeting with the disciples, and we immediately focus, you know, on the on the meal, the betrayal, 
you know, uh, that's kind of our focus there. But there was something that happened before that meal that I think is very important, and sometimes we don't always remember that. So when they're in the upper room, before they are seated at the Lord's the table for the Lord's Supper, Jesus does something unusual. He takes off his outer cloak and he gets a towel and he gets a basin of water and he goes to the feet of the disciples and he starts to wash their feet. Now, listen, they lived in a different era, okay? There was no asphalt. Everything was dusty. It was hot. If you're a person that doesn't like feet, that was not the time, you know, for you to live. But normally when somebody came into your house, because it was dusty and sweaty and, you know, you offered them a basin to wash their feet off because who wants somebody else's nasty, sweaty feet in my house? All right? Either you offered that to them or you had a servant, if that was possible, you had them wash the feet of your guest. He took it a little further. Jesus himself knelt down and he washed their feet. And remember the story. Peter said, hey, you're not going to wash my feet. And he said, if I can't wash your feet, you have no part of the message of what I'm trying to do. And Peter said, excuse me, then pour the whole basin of water over me. All right? So he's washing feet. And remember, this is the last time they'll meet together. This is the important message he's trying to get. And in John 13, it says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to the place and said, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So the thing that I want to add to our list this morning is looking for serving opportunities and occasions for acts of kindness. That's how we can witness in this particular world. Servanthood and acts of kindness are nonverbal ways to communicate God's love and build a bridge to others through generosity and hospitality, okay? It's a nonverbal way. We don't always have to start the sharing of our faith with a conversation, but we can plant seeds through hospitable acts to show that we care about other people that one day may earn us the right to share the good news with somebody else, okay? So uh, acts of servanthood and kindness... They are the answers for those that I just mentioned a minute ago that go, I don't know what to say. I wouldn't know where to start. I don't know a lot about the Bible. I don't know. What if they ask me a question that I don't know? What if I'm shy or introverted? Then servanthood and acts of kindness are a way for you to share about your faith to someone else. They are nonverbal, but they are still powerful and they show Christ's love and our concern in action. So there might be people who debate your theology and they don't understand your beliefs, but when you put a cup of coffee and a donut in their hand, they will say, 
thank you and walk away and go, now that was nice. You'd be surprised how donuts can help your faith, sharing your faith. So servanthood and acts of kindness are a way to share our faith that wins the heart before it challenges the mind. Acts of kindness with no strings attached. Here's coffee. Here's a donut. I'll see you in church on Sunday. No, that's not acts of kindness. Acts of mercy, that's quid pro quo. I do something for you, you do something for me. Acts of kindness, we're just doing it to be kind. And it may plant a seed that one day opens the door for us. That's fine, but it's not done for that particular purpose. Can I remind you that we live in a world that is beaten down, ripped off, taken advantage of, full of stress, full of trouble. And I just want you to know, people today are open to a kind act, a thoughtful deed, an uplifting word, and a smile. They're open to that. Acts 9 gives us another example. There was a a lady, and her name was Tabitha. And the introductory statement of Tabitha tells us two things about her. Number one, that she was a disciple. And number two, um, that she was always doing good and helping the poor. So she was a, these are the introductory uh, comments for Tabitha. So she's a disciple. She loves Jesus. She serves Jesus. She is known. Her identity is known by her connection with, with the Lord. And then it says she's always doing good and helping the poor, okay? Always doing good and helping the poor. See, some people never see or sense needs. They don't. They go through life oblivious to the hurts and the pains and and the, the, the problems that other people have, but this was not her. This was not her. She had noticed the poor in her community and she had realized she had she was a seamstress so she matched the need that she saw and sensed with a skill that she had probably whether she had the money or not through servanthood and acts of kindness Tabitha began to reach her world okay so she passes away she dies and they call Peter to come uh, to come, in, to, to come to the house. Normally, they buried people very quickly because of the humidity and sanitation, but this was a little different. They wanted to celebrate her life, and they took her upstairs, and it was kind of like a wake. And Peter comes, and the, and the passage of Scripture says, her body was washed, placed upstairs. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, He was taken upstairs. All the widows stood around him crying, showing the robes and the other clothing that Tabitha had made while she was still with them. Wow, that's that's powerful. Let Let me just say something. There are people who are impacting the world that will never give a sermon. They'll never have the glare of the spotlight. They'll never be able to speak into a camera. 
but they are impacting the world just as powerfully through their heart of servanthood and their acts of kindness. Here's Peter standing, and, and there, are, there are women that are crying, going, she made me this. Look what she made me. When I didn't have any money, this is what she did for me. She impacted her world and brought people to faith through not a sermon. She never preached a sermon, but she was a seamstress, and she cared, and that's how she made an impact on other people. James chapter 2 says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? All right? An empty sympathy. What good is it to this world to go, hey, I hope you find some food. Hey, I hope you, hope you, hope you get an answer for some of those clothes. Hey, I'm going to pray about that power bill in your life. He says, what good is empty sympathy to someone that has a need? When you notice something, that is God's way of letting you know that here's an opportunity for you to serve. All right? I want to unleash, and I know you already do it. I want to unleash the heart of servanthood and acts of kindness to our city and to our neighborhoods. So I'm going to give you a list of things. I'm going to give you a list. All right. This isn't the final list, but maybe it just kind of jog your mind of ways that we can serve and do kind acts. Deliver cookies and donuts to a neighbor or coworker. I'm telling you, a donut is the way to the gospel. I just want you to know that. Bring or send flowers to someone. Offer to babysit for free. Pay for someone's fast food meal or coffee behind you in a drive-thru. Make sure there's not a minivan behind you. I'm just going to tell you that. Just, just want you to know that, okay? Send a note or a text of encouragement to someone. Give another driver your parking spot. That's really when you love Jesus, right? That's really when you love Jesus. Make or send a meal to someone. Leave a big tip for a waiter, waitress, or a delivery person. Pay for someone's meal at a restaurant. Provide a gas card for someone in need. Take baked goods uh, to the police station, fire station, or hospital. Take a box of donuts to the school or office. Invite an elderly person sitting alone at a restaurant to join you. Help a fostering family. Pay for someone's mega sports camp or summer camp. Send groceries to someone in need. Send a care package to a college student. Cut or pay for someone's grass to be mowed. Let someone go in front of you in line, and I'm going to qualify it, during Christmas at Walmart. We're not on that level yet, are we? All right? Call an elderly person to say hello. Hand out food or gift cards to someone asking for money at an intersection. Leave money in a vending machine or laundromat. Hold the door for someone. Leave a positive review online for a small business. Bring your neighbor's elderly or single mom's trash can in from the road. We can do that, right? Now, we have to use hand sanitizer and take a bath after that, but we'll do it. Help uh, prepare and hand out food or toiletry bags for the homeless. Help a lady stranded on the side of the road, okay? We want to unleash acts of servanthood and kindness. When you leave this morning at the doors, everyone is going to get a, several cards, okay? And it just says something extra to show that God 
loves you. When you do your act of kindness, maybe you know the person and you just want them to know, hey, you're just doing something for them, or maybe you do it anonymously, okay? You leave a tip, you do something anonymously. And then on the back, just a little church information. It's just, you know, we're just trying to do something, you know, just to remind people that God loves them. They will be, you know, at the door. Take as many as you need online. They're putting it in your comments. We're going to release this digitally. So if you can use this digitally in any way, we want you to do that. But a part of winning our world... I don't have to win every conversation. Sometimes I can just do something nice for someone as well, okay? Now, I want the following people to come to the stage. I want Katie DeGrace. Katie, would you come to the stage? All right. I want Maddie Meredith. Would you come to the stage? And I want Margaret Suber. Would you come to the stage? Come on up here. Come stand up here on the stage. No, you're not in trouble. You weren't talking. Now, you might have been, okay? You might have been. Come on up here. All right. So what I'm going to do. Come on, Margaret. Good deal. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give each of you $100 cash. Okay. And over the next couple of weeks, I want you to watch for a need. Okay. I want you to watch for someone to help. Someone that you can bless, can encourage. The only rule is that you just can't give it like to an organization. I just can't donate it to Goodwill. I'm looking for someone to bless, help, encourage, minister to in some way, okay? So you got a couple weeks, because I don't want you to feel like I got to do this today. I want you to pray and ask for the right opportunity, okay? And if you need to split it, 50, 25, however you want to do that, Okay, I want you to do that, but I want you to know that on behalf of our church, we want you to go out and bless some people. Okay, so Maddie, here's your hundred. Okay, Katie, here's your hundred. All right, Margaret, here's your hundred. And when you get it done, I want to know kind of kind of the story behind that. Okay, so all right, you're gonna do a great job. Give them a good hand. All right. All right. So the first first part of this message is the heart of servanthood and acts of kindness, releasing that, ministering to people. It plants a seed that at some point might open the door to like, why are you doing this? Why would you help me? Why would you care? Why is there any concern in your heart about my life? Okay, the next part is be prepared for unexpected encounters or unusual situations designed by the Holy Spirit, okay? Be prepared for unexpected encounters or unusual situations designed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just say, I'm a planner, okay? I have my calendar. I set my alerts on my calendar. I have my task list. I have a routine, especially on Sunday when I am preaching, and I do not really ever break that routine at all. Anybody else with me? You're a planner. You got your own routine. I eat the same foods at the same time. I go to, you know, especially on the weekend or it's a Sunday, I have a really strange routine that I never break. I'm a, I'm a routine. I'm a planner, Okay. So the thought of spontaneity drives me absolutely crazy, okay? Anybody with me? I don't mind spontaneity as long as I can plan it into my day. 
okay? But I want you to know something. You never know how God is orchestrating your path or designing your day to bring you in contact with someone who needs to hear the message of hope, okay? You never know when you get up in the morning how God may change a few things in your life because there's something more important than your routine on that particular day. It is giving someone a smile, a prayer, a message of hope, or pointing to the cross, okay? So Philip in Acts, he's got, he's got some business to do for the church, but he gets up in the morning and he feels kind of this sense that he needs to start walking toward Jerusalem, okay? Listen to me. He feels this unusual sense, but he doesn't know why. God doesn't always tell me the end of what he wants me to do. I just feel this sense, and I just need to hush and just follow that. So Philip starts to do that, and he starts walking toward Jerusalem, and he comes upon a chariot. In the chariot is a man from Ethiopia. He's like the treasurer of Ethiopia. And he's been to Jerusalem, and he's coming back, and he's in the chariot. He's got the scriptures open, the scroll open, and he's reading the prophet Isaiah. See how God designs this? Look at the timing, all right? He's, he's reading the, the, the scroll from Isaiah. Philip says to him, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the man from Ethiopia says, well, I'm not, I'm not sure about this. Is he talking, this prophet, is he talking about himself or someone else? He throws him a huge softball. And then Peter says, please tell me, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Peter began that very passage of Scripture telling him about the good news of Jesus. Do you see that was not part of Philip's day? He just felt this sense that he needed to change his routine a little bit because there was something more important that the Lord wanted to accomplish on that particular day. He was sensitive in your heart. I want to, in his heart, I want to say it again. You never know how God is orchestrating your path and designing your day to bring you in contact with someone who needs to hear a message of hope. So listen to me, and I'm preaching here too. We need to be sensitive throughout the day, okay? I don't care what the calendar says or what appointments are there. We need to be sensitive. We need to be sensitive in our heart. Listen to me, because we go through the day not even focused, not even thinking there's the possibility that God may choose to interrupt my plan for today to use me for his glory with someone else, we never even really consider that, even though we pray that, right? Don't we pray, God, use me. God, help me to, you know, help, you know, if there's someone, bring them along my path. Jesus told a story, and we know the story by the title, The Good Samaritan. But really, that was not to be the name of the story. The name of the story was supposed to be The Faithful Priest, and that didn't work out. So then the name of the story was supposed to be, 
you know, the humble, the humble Levite. But that didn't work out. So in this story, you got the priest, the religious person. You have the Levite, the religious, you know, religious congregational person. Then as Jesus is telling the story, he uses the Samaritan, okay, <laughs> which that, and that was not, you know, a really good example for the Jewish people because they didn't like them. It was a racial difference. They thought they were down. So here's, you know, down on the caste system a little bit. So here's Jesus telling this story about the failure of the religious. But to use the illustration, he uses someone that is antagonistic in every way to faith. So you know the story, okay? So there's a man that's beaten and he's half dead. That's the term that the scripture uses. He's unconscious, he's in and out, he's bleeding. And the priest walks by and looks. But his Apple calendar said he had an appointment down the road and it was, you know, he was praying with someone or he had his service. So he's like, I'd like to help, but I'm busy doing God's work. So he walks on past. And then it comes to, person from the congregation, the religious person, the Levite, he's thinking the same thing. They're walking past the same scene. A man that is half dead. He's bleeding. He's unconscious. And they, and they, they don't respond. And then you see the Samaritan who's supposed to be this godless person way down on the caste system. He is the one that responds. Now listen to me. Listen. How many Good Samaritan moments have I missed in my life? How many Good Samaritan moments have I missed because I was unfocused, unconcerned, or I was not sensitive and have any situational awareness to the, to the, the situation that I walked in? How many times have I missed my Good Samaritan moment because I was unfocused, I didn't pay attention, I wasn't sensitive? Let me ask you this. How many times does God have to bring people behind me to minister to a situation that he set up for me? How many times does he have to bring somebody else behind because I didn't pay attention to the, the original plan to help someone else? Now, I bet the priest felt a little funny when he read the story a little bit later. <laughs> Man, could have been in the Bible. Shoot. All right? So, just know there are ways that God orchestrates our day. When there are detours, don't just always deny it. Don't always go, I'm, I'm busy, I got something else. Always be sensitive and open because you never know how God is going to design your day. None of these people had any idea what was about to happen. They just came into something. Peter had a, I mean, Philip had a sensing from the Holy Spirit. These three people just came upon a situation and they handled it a different way. So those are the two things that I want to say to you this morning, okay? The last part of this message, all right? I don't, I don't know if you've watched The Chosen. Um, if you haven't, Season two is out. If you haven't watched season one, you need to go watch it, okay? It's just phenomenal. If you're a binge watcher, you can do it pretty quick. But we, we watched season one 
And it was, there was a scene in that, in The Chosen, that I could not get away from. I watched it multiple times on the TV, then I would go back and watch it on YouTube, and there was, I just couldn't get away from it. It was the story of Jesus and the woman of the well, okay? So, I'm going to show a video clip in just a moment, but I want to, I want to set it up. So, Jesus goes to the well. The well was the public community well. Everybody came for water. Didn't matter, rich, poor, whatever. Everybody came to the community well. Now, most of the time, the, you know, the women came early. The women came early because it was cooler. But this woman comes in the afternoon because there's some issues in her life. But Jesus has planted himself in the shadow of this well, okay? And I want you to watch this video, and uh, I'm going to talk to you when it gets done. I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. God is spirit, and the time is coming and is now here that it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <laughs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things, 
Because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. You promise? I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> Hey, wait! Your water! You forgot your um. Foxy, oh man, you told me everything I ever did! <laughs> uh, Rabbi, we got food. What would you like? Ah. I have food to eat that you do not know about. Who got you food? I am rejected by others. <laughs> I know. Amen. But not by the Messiah. The, the entire scene, I want you to see it. It's eight minutes. I didn't have that much time this morning. But I couldn't get that scene off my mind, okay? Jesus intentionally planted himself at places that people were going. And there were God conversations and gospel conversations just because of where he was at, okay? Because like with our church, we try our best to do and minister to those that are in attendance. And maybe your, your network, your friends and family, we try our best on our extended social media networks to, to reach people. But how do we get beyond that footprint, okay? How do we... How do we get beyond that kind of extended footprint? Well, we give money to missions, okay? And, and a good portion of our money stays right here in Tallahassee. Women's Pregnancy Center, Maryland Oaks, Good News Ministry, okay? And those things are fine, except there's a gap, all right? How do we reach those in our community that are beyond, you know, this original Network, And we've just been praying and talking about this. How can we reach our community outside our footprint here? And this morning, we want to introduce to you a new ministry that we call GC Reach. Okay? GC Reach. GC Reach is a community-focused ministry with the purpose to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. It is our heart to reach out and build bridges between our church and Tallahassee through different outreach opportunities. GC Reach will establish a consistent presence in our city and develop relationships with those outside of our church. Sometimes you, you reach those that are within your network. Sometimes there's not a lot of fish in the fishing hole, and you got to move to another place to throw your hook in the water or to plant a seed, and that is what GC Reach will do. And worship team, you can, you can come. And we're going to do this by, so here's some ways that we're going to do this. Number one, mobile block parties, okay? 
a mobile block party is, or a community block party is like a fall festival, okay? But it's smaller, okay? We go to different neighborhoods with inflatables, food, giveaways, music, games. We don't go there with a sermon. We just go to have some fun in a particular neighborhood. It gets us out of our network just so that we can, hey, just let some people know that we care and that we love them. We have our first uh, community block party on August the 2nd, August the 7th. We're going to give this thing, we're going to give this thing a shot. How can I reach my city? Where is the modern day community well that I can plant myself at, that I can be present consistently? So that's one thing. The other is community-wide events, things like downtown get-down, the fair, parades, 5Ks. We have a tent that's, got our, that's coming that's got our church logo on it, and we want to be at those places that we pass out water, free popcorn, Gatorade, you know, just maybe some information about the church. We're just being there because you never know what can happen if you're there. You never know. When a woman like that who's just broken comes just, you know, to do what she would normally do, but God may use that, you know, in a, in a great way. So our, our, our goal is community presence in relationship building. We're going to do it by serve days. There are different ways that we can serve in our community. Habitat for Humanity, working at Maryland Oaks, a day that we serve at the Women's Pregnancy Center just, just for a few of those disaster response from time to time we have bad weather how can we serve our community how can we get outside the footprint of our church and our network prison outreach uh chaplain dwight birch is he here this morning chaplain are you here he he works at our prison system he called me he said listen i, I if there are men that want to come into our prisons Man, you just tell me when and what you want to do, and I, and I can make that happen, okay? So here's an opportunity, okay? It's an opportunity, all right? Uh, providing lunch for local businesses. We started doing that during the pandemic, just sending lunch. Some of you have been the recipient of that. There's not a recorded sermon, <laughs> no. It's just lunch, okay? Just lunch provided by the local church. We just want you to know, hey, we just want to say hi. It's called GC Reach. What can we do to get outside the footprint of our local church? What can we do when there are people like that woman, you know, that are out there? I'm just telling you, there are people like that lady all out in our city. And what can we do to get off this property and have a more consistent presence in our community and you never know when those God or gospel conversations can occur. And that's GC Reach. We plan to do an event, you know, depending on the size of our team. Every other month, every three months, just kind of depends on the schedule. Because I don't want to be guilty of just sending money. Okay? That's important to our local community partners. They need our funding but there's still a gap out there as well that I want to fill. I just couldn't get away from that scene. Jesus found a place that people were going anyway, and he planted himself there. He was just present. He was just present. And you never know 
if you just show up what God may do, okay? So if you're interested in getting more information or being a part of GC Reach, there are several things that you can do. There's a sign-up table in the foyer. Just go put your name on there. We're going to send you more information. If you're online, they're going to put a link, or the, the link is on our uh, website events page. You can, you can find GC Reach. You just sign your name. We want to build a team of people that have a heart kind of for this, that feel this may be something that God's calling them to do. I'm just saying it won't be every weekend. Won't be, you know, probably it won't be every month, just depending on the size of the team. But I'm just saying we need to find whatever that community well is and plant ourselves there and point to our Savior. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.